Welcome to the Become Revolutionary Show, where we pull back the curtain and talk to successful entrepreneurs and industry leaders about their journey to success, the process of entrepreneurship, and the adversity they've encountered along the way. With your hosts, Charlene and Noel, and their amazing guests from all over the globe, you will feel right at home and part of the entrepreneurial tribe while hearing about the ups, downs, curves, and missteps in these stories and how it all ultimately contributes to success in business and life. Join us now as entrepreneurs support other entrepreneurs. Stronger together, further, faster. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Become Revolutionary show where we talk to you about how to get over those hurdles to become revolutionary in life and business. We're your hosts, Noelle and Charlene, and today we'll be talking to Luis about how you get you go from getting kidnapped to turning into a well-known entrepreneur. What a show this is going to be. What a show for sure. So Luis Camejo is one of the Biz Brothers, and he spent the last six years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world about how to create content that turns into profit. Uh, throughout their journey, him and his brother, they discovered the systems and the principles on how your business can achieve frictionless sales. Awesome. That sounds mint. They explore framework strategies and distribution models in order to turn your content into profit. And over the last few years, they help companies like HubSpot, Orange, uh, Orange Theory, Red Bull, Chat Homes International, JWB Property Management, the CSI Companies, Think Different Theory, University of North Florida, Smile Stylist, F45 Fitness, and so many more. You guys, it's all about finding the correct messaging and being consistent with your content structures. Um, just as the beginning of the pursuit of your frictionless sales. And today we're going to be opening up to hear Luis's journey um, and the story behind the kidnapping. So fill us in. It's so, <laughs> your story is so wild and how it's unfolded, I think is just going to inspire and encourage so many people. Like really, no, you don't have any excuses after this, friends. If you are not <laughs> stepping into your calling, then this this should motivate you today. So welcome. Yeah, thank you, Shirley. No, thank you so much for having me. Your platform is is an honor. We've interacted quite a few times, but this is uh, you know the pinnacle. I, I made it. <laughs> uh, very very excited to to share some story and hopefully you know spark some inspiration in and and action into into people. Action is the key word there, but actually uh, the keyword there for sure so fill us in where yeah, where would you like to start let's go back to venezuela shall we sure uh so <laughs> if you're if you're listening you might notice a little bit of an accent that's uh that's definitely on purpose i did not learn english the right way <laughs> uh but i'm originally from venezuela i moved here to the states in 2010 uh, for college but before my college life and entrepreneurial life there was a whole different life uh, I grew up with the dream of being a professional soccer player. So uh, when I was four, I told my dad, I want to be a professional soccer player. I, and I honestly, I had no idea what that meant, right? My dad uh, was my rock and, and kind of guided me through that. But throughout the years, that was the dream, right? I love the sport. I still do. Um, and uh, every decision I made was uh, to get to that level. I was fortunate enough that at 15, I got selected to go and play in, in Italy. So I lived there for a full year, landed in Italy, not knowing uh, any Italian, 
just to go play soccer, living the life, living the dream. I, Were I you on even... your own? On your own? I was on my own. So wow. I remember landing um, in Rome and I had a ma- major freak out moment. I was in that plane and I was waiting for everybody to leave the plane. And all I had was my backpack, right? My suitcase. But I, I had this little like paper dictionary, which is it's somewhere in here still. And it was from Spanish to Italian, Italian to Spanish. There's no apps or no phones, no iPhones like that, that I could like help translate. And I remember trying to highlight like these phrases because I knew zero Italian. And this came out of a tournament that I was there and it's opportunity of a lifetime coming from a a country that is not known for the sport. Venezuela is very known for baseball, uh, but not known for soccer. And it's like, this is it. I had to, I have to grab this opportunity by the horns. Uh, but I remember sitting in that plane and I'm like, I want to turn around. I, I hope something goes wrong that I, that they send me back. I was freaking out and, uh, you know, Suarez come, comes by and she grabs me and she's like, Hey, shows me the way. And I finally step out and there are two guys waiting for me, which were representatives from the team. And then we drove four hours to this little town. It was a 20,000 people town. And they were talking the entire way and I did not understand a word of it. And I just remember sitting there for four hours. I'm like, what's happening? Like I am, I, that was probably one of the most scary moments of my life. But then as soon as I stepped on the field the next day, uh, I felt like home and then it was, everything was worth it. So that alone, like we could just do a podcast just on that experience. alone. Fast forward, fast forward a a couple of years, I ended up going back to Venezuela. There was a paperwork issue. They denied my visa. So I had to go back home. I graduated from high school. uh, And then I had the opportunity to go to Spain and, and play in Spain, in Barcelona, Spain. And that was one of the most amazing years of my life. Then that year, I decided that professional soccer is not the thing that I want to do. I was right there. Can I, I stop a- you for just one second? <laughs> like, okay, there's this paperwork issue, and all of a sudden, your dream is like over. Is that what is that what that felt like? It like, did. Okay, you feel have like to it. go home. Yeah. So now Italy's out of the picture. Yeah. So. Um, how it works is every professional team has like uh, teams right under them uh, yeah. in different cities that develop players to go to the major team. Right. So imagine in uh, you know, MLS soccer, you have like uh, the New York Red Bulls, right. And they, they have like these base teams all over the country uh, that feed that main professional team, right. Kind of like a, a development Academy. So that's what's happening when I was in Italy. And one of those teams, I was 16 at the time, decides that for the next year, they're going to give me a professional contract to go and play on a, on a fourth division. It was, and they, they're like 10th divisions. So I was going to get paid. I was going to start living the dream at 16 playing with like 25 year olds, 27 year olds. Oh. And that was the agreement. I go back home. And when we're processing the paperwork, what happened was the first year that I went there, the agent that was, uh, that took me under his wing and, and tried to place me in these teams, he was involved in a major corruption case in Italian soccer. And the guy disappeared out of the face of the earth and I was left alone. And I didn't know, but the way that I came into the country was completely, it was as a tourist, but I couldn't stay for a full year. So I stayed there for about eight months illegally without knowing. So obviously when I reapplied to go back in, there was a flag in the, in the system and they denied my visa because I was underage. There was no family. There was, and all these things, right? So yeah, the, the dream was shut in my face. That must have been so crushing for you. Yeah. There were many, like that whole week, I remember just yeah. crying every day. Like this, like, this is what my shot was. Like yeah. uh, I'm way too old already. Cause in the world of soccer, yeah. 16, 17, 18, if you're already not at a very high level, it's really 
challenging to make it, right? The stat at the time was out of 300,000 Italians, only one would make professional soccer. And I was right there not being an Italian. So um, it felt like the world was crumbling, right? Yeah. So anyways, we had to uh, take a breather and, and get back up again and new opportunities show up. Well, let's talk about that breather because yeah. that's not a quick bounce back from that. That is crushing. It's like, I'm too old. I missed my shot. Now what am I going to do? I've been working. I've been putting everything towards this. Now what? So did you yeah. go through like, um, did you go through a down period? And like, oh, absolutely. so like, how did you, how did you pull yourself out of it? Like, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, now I'm 32. So I've, I've gone through quite a few of those moments, uh, <laughs> definitely not just on the sports side, but on the entrepreneurial side as well. But, um, I, I think one of the, the frameworks that I use and I used it at the time without really realizing it was, you know, we, we got to slow down. We got to assess where we are. We got to, mm-hmm. we got to be like, okay, this situation happened. This is out of my control. A hundred percent. there's nothing I can do really. Uh, except look forward and see what's next, right? So a lot of what I did at the time, again, not knowing, but it came kind of natural. And obviously my dad was there to support. I have coaches on my side to support. So very important, Mm -hmm. even if we're entrepreneurs, right? We need coaches by our side. We need people that really root for us, really our network is, or it's really what's going to push us forward. And at the time that network for me was on the sports side today is an entrepreneurial side, but a lot of people were like, look, we've been in that position. These are stories of people, right. That maybe lived the same situation and this is how they got out of it. So look for those stories, look for those that people that maybe they were in the same situation and uh, that way the story that we're putting in our heads will change right because we'll see the solution so one of those stories i remember was this player that was in the exact same situation he was just a few years uh, ahead of me and uh, he was in a different country and then what happened was they ended up sending a lot of videos to different academies in different places and then he was at 18, he was able to get that new next change and, and then, and then he made it. So I'm like, okay, I'm 16, you know, I'm still not old enough. This guy made it at 18. There's still people making it in, the, in their twenties. Right? right. This is just a story that I was putting in my head. So I really grabbed onto that example, like that story. Right. And as entrepreneurs, sometimes we get, we fall into that pit into like, oh man, nothing's working. Right. There's a lot of friction in our business. Everything is breaking down. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, there's luckily a lot of people like you guys that are showing the way with podcasts and platforms like this or content or things that we can see. Right. That we're going to be like, okay, they live the exact same t- situation. Right. I'm okay. Yeah. Let's just keep going. So at the time that's what was happening. And then an opportunity showed up um, to go to Spain. And that's at 18, I ended up going to Spain and then that's a whole different story, but you know, (laughs) well, I just want to jump in there with that because I think this is a really good point. Noelle and I have gone through a few seasons like this already in our business as well. Slow down, reassess, recognize what's in your control and what's out of control and be open to seeing what's next. One thing that I've learned and Noelle and I really stand strong with is that, concept of if we're not open we're going to miss seeing that opportunity we need to take the blinders off and if we're asked to slow down for some reason like something pushes us in our business to slow down it's not in alignment it's not flowing as well as it normally should then there's an opportunity that we need to see there's a person that we need to meet there's a conversation that needs to be had there's sunshine on the other side of this fog but sometimes you just need to sit in it you know like when you're driving it's super foggy you can't see past just in front of your car and you're like oh my gosh like i'm kind of worried like i live in an area where there's deer and elk crossing the road all the time like it's a serious issue if you can't see what's in front of you 
But you have to trust that there's sunshine on the other side of that. It's temporary. It sucks. It's uncomfortable, but it will break. It will clear. And then things look amazing on the other side of it. But we're not meant to see what's on the other side. We have to sit in it for a minute. We have to be willing to be open and sit in it. So I celebrate you for being able to do that. I just really wanted to cement that so that it it didn't go too fast. So people remember slowing down and reassessing is really healthy and important at various stages in your growth and lean into those times just breathe into it as uncomfortable as it is we're fast-paced entrepreneurs we want things done yesterday yeah, we want yeah. things to keep rolling forward but you have to be willing to stop so yeah well and yeah. what was coming up for me and i was just thinking like what an important important life lesson that you learned at su- as such a young man too right to be like okay other people have gone through this i'm going to like i'm sure that that shifted things for your entire life. Like, okay, this crappy thing has happened to me. Like now, now what, you know, instead of like just staying down and in the pit of despair or, or in that victim mentality. And so I kind of want to switch gears here a little bit because the intro talked about kidnapping and I have not yet heard that story. So I will, yeah, yeah. I'm dying to know yeah. what that was all about. I mean, this situation leads into, into that, right? Because uh, okay. it led to the span, the, the Spanish opportunity. It was an amazing year, but that year I realized that maybe that was not the route I wanted to take. There was a lot of things in the process, in the day-to-day that I was going through in Spain, mm-hmm. even though I was getting the results, right? And we talked this, it's relatable in sports, it's relatable in business, right? Mm-hmm. We go through this day-to-day and sometimes maybe we're not enjoying it. For me, it was a combination in that moment of overtraining. We had a coach that was not the right coach, right? And mm-hmm. I didn't know, like, how can I actually shift this coach? right? It wasn't a possibility for me. In business, sometimes we invest in these coaches, right? Or we have yeah. these mentors that we choose, right? And sometimes we go through this path that, that we might not be enjoying. It's okay. We have the decision. We can make the decision of like, right. hey, cut ties and move forward, right? But at the time, it didn't feel that way. So the decision was, look, I'm 19. Again, I'm too old, right? I'm doing air quotations here. I'm done. And what, what that originally was, uh, a lot of friction with my dad, right? I mentioned that he was invested with me in this dream till, from when I was like four. Right. So he, this was his day-to-day with me and, and my brother. And we didn't speak for six six months after I came back home. And it was really tough. So what happened was I went into this uh, moment of not knowing what my identity was. It was very tied down to like soccer. So yeah. I started going to college. College today is very different than here in the States. I got a job with Red Bull. So I started working with them on the marketing department. I moved up very quickly in, in that. So I had the world in my hand at 19 and 20 because I was in every event. I was in every party. I was managing teams, right? I was in the market, in the forefront of marketing in my country at 20. But on the, on the side, what's happening is this crazy a horrible political situation, right? There was a dictatorship going, students uh, are being chased, uh, universities are being taken by the military, businesses are being expropriated, all this environment, right? While I was in this like search of new identities. So mm-hmm. clearly there's a crash. And what happens is as a young person that, you know, maybe you're in the top of the uh, top of your, of your work life, you know, you have college, you have friends, you have this, you have parties, right? I started going out. I started just living that life of like, I'm staying up till like 6 a.m., 7 a.m. because I can, right? Because it's my job. I'm doing air quotations because I had to do it. I'm getting paid for this. Are you like I'm- jacked up on Red Bull also? <laughs> All the time. By the way, this is not sponsored by Red Bull, but I, I love to drink. I love the flavor. And every everybody that I say this, they're like, oh my gosh, you're going to die. I'm like, I'm going to die very happy because I love Red Bull. But anyways, 
but yes, I was not crazy. I had a night where I had like seven Red Bulls and I don't recommend that to everybody. Like do not, do not do that. I do not sleep for like the next 24 hours. That gives but... my heart palpitations just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't I, imagine you, know, I, you I, on I, seven I, Red Bulls. Like I almost want to see that. I just want to see that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what does that look like? Uh, yeah, I do not advise that to, any, to anyone. I was young and stupid. But um, but one of those nights, right? Um, I'm coming back. I'm still playing, right? Because yeah. at that time, I'm like, okay, this country is it's not the place I want to be for opportunities. I need to move either to Europe again or maybe chase an opportunity in the United States. Mm -hmm. So I was still going back and playing soccer for the objective of getting a a full ride scholarship here in the States. But it was this mix of things. And one night I just, I decided to go out after, after practice, uh, the neighborhood I live in is a closing neighborhood. So my parents were like, okay, stay here. Um, I fight against that. I ended up going out to pick up some, some person uh, outside in the city um and uh as i'm picking them up this car just like creeps behind us almost crashed the second i i, I had a, a copilot had a friend with me i turn around I'm like hey let's go as soon as i turn around and i see the window there's a gun pointing at my face and uh, that moment slow down uh-huh. the guys open the door they they grabbed us by the by our shirts and they drag us back into the same car they take the car and they go and uh, there's something unfortunate. If you talk to a Venezuelan, um, there's going to be a story. Either they know somebody that was kidnapped or they themselves got kidnapped. And at the time, there's something called express kidnapping. And it's where they take you, they call either your relatives or people that know you, and they ask for a ransom, some money, and then they they leave you on that same night. So it was like something very quick. But you hear all the stories. You hear the bad stories where people get killed. People get killed by just phones, right? They, they try to grab their phones, and they they resist, and, and they, they, they wow. kill them. So it was a very, very volatile environment. And obviously, through in this moment, it was about 30 minutes that we were in the car with these individuals. And... Um, and I remember thinking, this is it, right? Like, uh, I don't know where am I going to go? Like, they're going to, my family is not a family of money, right? Uh, middle class. So in my head, I'm like, whatever they ask, you hear they're asking millions of dollars for other people in the, in the college that I went to. And some people didn't, couldn't pay it. Some people, and you know, so everything is going through my head. And luckily enough, after what it seemed like 12 hours, yeah. they decided to drop us off and they take the car. Right. And, um, and they just left us in the street and, and we're lucky that we're a couple of streets away from a house that we, that we knew and we ran to it, we knocked on it. And then that night I remember, uh, after everything was settled, I remember this is it. I cannot, I cannot stay in this, in this environment. Uh, and again, another lesson for those entrepreneurs, like environment is key, whether that the relationships that you foster in that environment, uh, how easy it is to maybe operate in that environment. And it was really challenging for me to operate in that, in that environment over there, because yeah. I didn't want a regular job. Like I, I, I didn't want a regular life. I wanted opportunities. I, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew it wasn't going to be sitting down in a desk working for somebody else. I wanted to build something. I didn't know what it was. Um, so that night I made the decision I'm out and my life completely flipped because I went from party mode, go out, I still worked with Rebel, but more responsible. I didn't stay till like late. I didn't drink. I did all this. I just continued my fitness journey to be able to get my soccer scholarship. And after a couple of years, I was able to get my D1. I ended up playing D1 soccer here in the States. And that's why I'm here. So I came in 2010. And then from there, that's like my second life uh, when it started. So that's the, that's the fast version. That was a serious pivotal moment. Hey, like that (laughs) night. Wow. What, what a a 180 for you. And so, um, 
there, but there's two years after that, like that just caught my attention. So you yeah. made a decision. And then for two years, you stayed on the straight and narrow with your eyes focused on a target of like, I know I want yeah. something else. And so you know, what you, was that like? Like, that, for you know how years? we talked about those moments that they just hit you in the face yeah. and you're like, okay, what do I do now? Well, that was one. So I made the decision, right? We're like, okay, I can't control this. I can't control the environment. Let's move forward. What's the, what's what I want. I want to go to a place with opportunities. Yeah. United States seems to be a, a really amazing place and opportunities at the time still is right. I love, I love this. This is my home now. Uh, but I started working towards it. Right. So obviously yeah. the, to apply for this college is a time period. And we had to, you had to send videos, you had to send all this stuff. And, um, at the time we were working with an agency that helps place you in these colleges. And I ended up getting a, a scholarship in West Texas, a and no idea where this was in the middle of nowhere, but it was a D two school. And the person in the agency was like, that's a great school. You go to it. And I'm like, sounds good. It's the one offer that we got now. Yeah. Here's the, <laughs> here's the second slap in the face. I I'm still working at Red Bull. Right. And uh, it's end of college year over there. So there's a bunch of parties going on. There's a bunch of events going on of, you know, end of school year. Venezuelans, we like to party. So I ended up going to a friend's house to get ready for this party. And I was actually managing a team that was actually going to go in and deliver it. So, you know, when everything is like fighting against you and you're like, I'm pushing through, like, this is the decision I made. And everybody's like, don't do it. Don't do it. And you're like, this is the thing that we'll do. Well, the universe has a wonderful way to tell you don't do it. And for me that night was when I was taking a shower, the glass door, it was like tempered glass. Somehow it exploded. I didn't touch it. Nothing. It just exploded into a million pieces. And two of those pieces hit the top of my foot and cut the vein that goes on top of that foot. So I'm here in this bathroom, right? But like getting ready because I had the event. Uh, I just broke up with my girlfriend. So emotionally I wasn't there. And uh, and, uh, the universe puts this event in my life where um, I'm naked in the shower, running water, blood coming out of my, my foot and all this craziness happening and i'm like what's going on i remember slowing down in that moment and i'm like this is it like i'm not gonna be able to go play because it's on my left foot i'm left footed oh like i use goodness. i play oh. soccer what's going on <laughs> so anyways uh there's a doctor in the house he comes like they stitch the the one is about like two millimeters they were very close to the tendon didn't get the tendon um and then the next lap comes and as i'm recovering they told me there's gonna be like a two-week recovery this is quick the team i was playing with they're playing the finals I go and I join and celebrate with them. And on one of those jumps, the vein comes apart again and they need to like suture again and to, to get it. And then it gets infected. And then I spent six months after my operations of removing the infection without being able to walk another slap in the face when you're like, this is the opportunity that I need to go yeah. get. Yeah. So now I'm sitting in this couch, right? I'm like, I lost, I'm not playing pro. Uh, I lost my opportunity now is with, I'm 20 at the time, right? So scholarships, for those that don't know, they can give it to you until 21. Um, probably really challenging now that a school is going to invest in a 20, 20 year old when they can invest in a 17 year old, right? Uh, rethinking my life completely. And I accept the fact that I'm going to stay in Venezuela. I get to walk again. I start practicing. I'm moving, um, this whole episode happens with the government where they chase the students and I make another decision again to be like, this is not the place I want to be. And uh, we don't work with the agency anymore. What we did was we had sent 300 cold emails to every single coach in the United States for D1, D2, D3 with our video personalized. Uh, for weeks, we were doing this. 
And I got two responses. My brother got two responses. And because of that, we are now here in the state building the life that we want. So again, I highly encourage whenever you get those laps, whenever you fall, slow down, reassess, what's the next action that you can take to get there and go execute. That's why I spent two years when I made that decision until when I ended up coming here, because there were many slaps in between those two years, Uh, but we just kept at it. So it was totally worth it. And there's another, I mean, there's so many lessons in your story, Luis, but there it's, in this case, all I'm thinking like loud and clear is coming across for me is like, everything else can be going against you, but if it's in your heart and you have that desire and you know, you know that, you know, that you want to be doing something, sometimes you have to take matters into your own hands. And that's what you and Fonzie did. It's like, okay, this way is not working. (laughs) So now what, right? What happens if, if we take it into our own hands and, and it may look like it's harder to a lot of people to do that. Right. Instead of relying on other people, Charlene and I had an experience with, um, with a sales agency once. And it was just, we just realized like we were relying on someone else to do that for us when really it, we just had to do that work ourselves, you know, and that, that that's kind of just an entrepreneurial experience that we had together. But, um, there's so many times in life and there's so many times in business where I think that it's like, okay, if we just strip away the chaos, if we just strip away, like all of the noise and all this stuff that people are telling us to do. And we go after that, like heart calling, we go after it ourselves. We will find success or we will get an answer or or there will be, you know, the next breadcrumb on the path. So that's what I kind of see with that story. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's amazing. So here we are. We're in the States. What's going on now? Yeah. So, uh, then I'm like, Oh wow. Like, uh, the college here looks exactly like the movies, like American pie, same thing. <laughs> and I'm like, so many distractions, what's going on? Uh, I'm this guy with an accent, right? So obviously, um, my, my stay here was very tied to performing in the field. So soccer became back again in a priority, not to the professional level, but to perform. So, uh, I was pretty responsible during those years. I still was part of a fraternity. So I'm a founding father ATO for those listening <laughs> and uh, everyone sent me a message, awesome. but, um, I, it was just, a not a cultural shock because Venezuelans are very Americanized in, in what we consume, but it was definitely a different environment. But what really, uh, motivated me was opportunities. There was opportunities everywhere and, uh, there was no, a lot of friction to go and chase them. Right. And when you, when you grew up in a, in a country like Venezuela, initially like corruption is a big friction point, right? Uh, if you don't know the right people, if you don't, if you don't have money to, to pay, to skip the line, uh, it's, it's really challenging and it's very sad because we have beautiful people and amazing people, but, uh, ultimately that's how things kind of work in, in countries like that. And hopefully it will change one day, but here was like, okay, well, if you actually work hard, (laughs) it will happen. Like you will make it happen. And at the end of the day, it's like, what do I have control over my actions, my own actions? And like you said, no, like you don't have to depend on anybody else. So through this college journey, I gave myself like those four years to be like, okay, my focus is soccer. And then I got to figure out like what to do next paperwork wise. I had to figure out, uh, like, how am I actually going to stay here? Mm-hmm. So the fastest route for an international student here in the States is work sponsorships. But again, I didn't really want to work for anybody. So I was just really lucky that I found my now wife uh, that I have two, two little babies with. Uh, my sophomore year, my second year of college, 
and we were dating you know until the end and and after that that was the the logical decision actually came from her i i remember being sitting in in a couch and and talking about like what's next and i throw a joke i'm like you know what i might just stay here legally right and uh and she just started bawling her eyes out and she's like what are you talking about she's like do you enjoy being with me right and we never like saw marriage as the next thing we just really enjoyed the company together Mm -hmm. uh we're we're not religious uh you know i grew up in a catholic household but we're not very religious her family is not very religious so uh that was marriage per religion was not an option and uh and she was like you know what do you like being with me right i'm like yeah and then i like being with you so what's the fastest way like marriage in this country is literally a paperwork <laughs> is yeah. so we're okay and i'm and, and i'm like are you, wait 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 what are you talking about like are you serious and she's like yeah but i but i want a real proposal <laughs> so <laughs> she, got a, she got a real proposal and you know we're happily married with with two babies now and uh she's like my my north star she's she supports everything that i do so i'm very very lucky um that i that i found her and uh that allowed me to actually go chase my dreams so again another important lesson right inside of uh, the business is like, who do you actually going to hang out with? Like, who's who's your company? Who's your business partner? Who's your family? Who's the people that support you, right? Because if there's a lot of friction coming from that, mm. it's really, 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 really hard um, to actually go and chase your dreams. So graduated college and now we're like, now what? So Fonzie is in town now. He comes. Fonzie is my brother and business partner. And we decide to invest money that we didn't have in a credit card in a online course on how to do, how to do social media and that's how everything started now and it's been about six amazing years since we started the wow. company and here we are <laughs> wow so tell us about it tell us about content for profit yeah absolutely so you know right now we're we co-host of a show called content's profit we're uh, part of the hotspot podcast network and that started really in in 2020 uh but before that when we started the business, we had no idea what we were doing. We had no idea what we wanted to do. And the first thing that that we did was our roommate at the time, we were living in a seven-bedroom house with five roommates, two dogs, a cat. And uh, it was pretty intense. So one of the roommates... Lots of content came, came from that, I'm sure. <laughs> but, yeah, fun, fun memories came out of that uh, yeah. place. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well... What one very funny one of uh, there's a big game fl- football game here in, in Florida, the Florida, Georgia, and uh, it's like it's massive college game. And a lot of people from Gainesville, these two universities kind of collide in Jacksonville. And we had a big house with two storages and people were like, we're obviously friends of all the athletic teams. And they're like, hey, after the game, after the tailgate, can we come over? And we're like, sure. So, you know, the aftermath of that of that party, we woke up to a living room full of things but also the head of the mascots of the universities of our <laughs> two universities were in the floor in our living room so that's how intense that house was uh which was pretty awesome but you know it gets all pretty quickly so one of those roommates comes in and he has a um uh, a machine with him like this massive box and we're like dude steve what's that and he's like this is a, a vinyl sticker uh cutter and we're like oh sweet he's like we're about to sell stickers baby we're gonna have a million we're like sign us up so uh we ended up we joining force with our roommate and we started creating these vinyl stickers we go door to door in surf shops uh companies and be like hey we can do this for you they're like how much 15 bucks and they're like what for a sticker and uh and uh you know those that the vinyl stickers style that's what they go for but we realized very quickly that we needed to sell massive volumes of this and uh, we ended up in orlando in a conference we ended up purchasing a screen printing machine because we're like well if people don't want the stickers they might want t-shirts so let's create the stickers so we put this massive you know five thousand pound machine in the garage of the florida house 
And uh, if you've ever been in a garage in Florida with 90 degree weather and 80% humidity, it's pretty miserable. So mm-hmm. that's when we started the business. <laughs> and at the time I was working, I was managing fitness studios. Um, and I would come at eight at night and my brother and Steve will be setting up like all the screens to be able to screen print during the night because during the day it was super hot. So we will screen wow. print from 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. And this is why I highlight your people, like the people that you join this journey with, like whether that's your wife, your girlfriend, your brother, your family, like what business partner, they have to be in on this a hundred percent. Katie did not, my wife did not stop supporting like my desire. And she was like, Hey, if you need to do this from nine to 3am, go do it. Right. And, and that gave me just a ton of freedom. So I highly encourage look who's around you. And uh, if you're chasing a dream like that, um, whatever dream it is, if they're supporting you hundred percent, if they might not be fully supportive, maybe that's a conversation that you might want to have. Um, not an easy one. Right. But I was very lucky that everybody around us and my parents weren't here. So like they couldn't, whatever they say, they were like, whatever. Uh, but we ended up doing this and we decided that the process is not really, we're not enjoying it. It's very painful at night. Uh, we don't want to do this anymore, but we started building a bunch of relationships with small businesses mm-hmm. and, uh, parallel to the screen printing, we decided to do an econ, econ brand called six foot Southern that lasted about a year, but we learned a ton. It was a total flop, but we learned how to market online. We learned all the systems. We learned, we learned technology. And, and through that knowledge, we rolled it out into a social media marketing agency. So through all the local relationships that I had in town because of my fitness studio, uh, it was an upscale fitness studio where I met all the business owners uh, and the relationships that we built while selling these t-shirts. Uh, we were able to immediately pivot and be like, uh, start advising and start providing the service. And that's when the online side of Biz Bros and the online, the content side of Biz Bros starts to happen. Now people start asking us, Hey, uh, Luis, like, this is the pain, the pain that we have. We cannot create content. Like we, um, it's really challenging, right? Like our managers need to create content, but they don't have the time, right? They need to be training the team. And they saw really content as like this thing that lives on the side that is like, if we have time, we get to it, which in fact, it has to be the complete opposite. Like content and your marketing and your message and putting your message out there and being present has to be number one because it's directly tied down to your sales process, right? We mentioned at the beginning, how do you connect content into profit? What's How do we make that frictionless sell? by producing and creating and doing this. So we started developing over the last years our own frameworks of on creation. And that's really how we were able to create a system and a process around it where eventually in 2020, when COVID happened, uh, we lost about 80% of our business. Another slap in the face. Here we go. So yeah. there's many of those. And uh, again, we had to slow down, reassess and be like, okay, what's next? And we decided to launch the show. So the show really changed everything um where we produce three episodes a week live uh we're about 300 plus episodes at the moment and initially we started getting our content out when we realized that we didn't know enough that we started running out of topics we started bringing people to interview and we saw that there was a direct relation with that person that comes in and opportunities so we started being very um cognizant of that we started developing processes around that and right now it has become our number one driver of business and relationships and opportunities. And that's what we do now. We, we create these systems for people. We provide fractional content teams. Uh, we manage uh, a couple dozen team members like with, within Bizros and within other businesses as well. So it's been a super fun journey 
Uh, that's the fast version. So I think we covered yeah. like legit like 20 years of in the last like 20 minutes. It's so good though. It's so good because yeah. you're not stopped. Diversity didn't stop you. You yeah. took it. Your perspective is so refreshing. This is what I freaking love about entrepreneurship because it's so life-giving to be around other people. Like you're saying environment, be around other people who have this kind of mentality. You're like, okay, you're down. What do you need to look at? Let's go. There's another way forward. Let's just figure it out. But you're willing to put in the work. You're willing to put in the time. You're willing to back yourself up and bet on you because you know, you have something of value to give to the world. You know, you can help. And your fractional content is just awesome. Noelle and I were just like, this guy, his heart, his, his branding, just everything about you is just so awesome. So we want people to be able to connect with you. Can you, uh, yeah, let's drop a website or something. How can people connect with you? Sure. People can go either to beastbros.co. There's going to, they're going to find like general info on like, oh, it's the show. Uh, if they listen to podcasts, which I'm assuming they are, uh, they can search contents profit where pretty much in every single platform you can Google contents profit will show up. Uh, you can go to contentsprofit.com. There's a bunch of episodes in there if you want to backtrack. But if you really want to connect personally, uh, I'm mainly on Instagram. So at Luis D. Camejo. Uh, you can also contact at Biz Bros Co. Uh, it's us. There's no VAs behind those DMs. So, you know, a little patient because we love to connect. We love to we love to talk to 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 the people that follow us. We, I don't think we, we're big enough for people to like, you know, swamp or DM. So take advantage of that. <laughs> You say that now, then you're going to get swamped. <laughs> That's yeah, there's case. a few messages I need to respond still, but it's okay. <laughs> I love that. So we end every show with rapid fire questions and um, I'm ready to give you some. Are you ready to answer? Uh, as ready as I will be. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite drink? Uh, Red Bull, 100%. Still right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my wife gave up she was like okay you know what now for father's day here's your little four you know your your, 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 your box of red bulls i gave up <laughs> <laughs> i love it if you were a dj what would your dj name be oh man uh that was a hard one uh dj mass life and mass life is the whole this whole different project that we have going on so i'll leave it for the next uh the next episode for the next oh one. awesome yeah. Uh, what's the most impressive thing you know how to do? Most impressive thing I know what how to do or what to do. Uh, man, uh, recently a lot of people have are telling me that my secret power is legit building processes. So this is something that just came out of like oh. execution on my own business, and uh, I was so in it that I have any I have no reference whatsoever. So. Apparently it's that, and there's something coming up with one of our amazing partners, Amanda Holmes, uh, that we're about to work on a project together for the next six months that it was cement that. So I'm very excited, honored to be a part of that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, boring, but you know, (laughs) no, not boring, efficient. (laughs) That excites me. I'm operations on our end. So I'm like, yeah, you know, cause on the regular life, you know, I, I'm, I mean, I, I'm a dad, but you know, maybe raising two kids, does that that count? I don't know. Mountain biking. I I love video games, but I suck at video games. So, you know, (laughs) this is is what I enjoy doing. (laughs) Awesome. Um, what's the silliest invention you've ever heard of? See this invention. Ah, oh, man. That's a good one, Noah. That's these are hard. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I'm looking around my office because we have silly stuff all over, but <laughs> I, I honestly probably something probably something in the kitchen that we don't need you know you have like you yeah. always have like that thing that you buy and you never use uh <laughs> i don't so again probably for me all of them because i don't cook so <laughs> <laughs> all kitchen utensils, all all utensils. <laughs> love to eat don't want to make it yeah, just give me a fork i'm good <laughs> funny story the other day i was making eggs right and uh for for the kids and i i know how to do eggs but there's a um we have this spatula a spa, a spatula is that how you say yeah. that, that, that folds and it's it's pain in the in the mm. sorry so i'm like doing this and like you have the egg at the bottom and like i'm trying to get it off and i'm like this is not working and uh, if i grab like a metal thing like it will scratch the the right. the thing so i go ahead and i grab one of the plastic forks of luca and i just like use it and i'm like this works wonders. So from that day, I, I've been using the, the plastic fork of Luca and Katie walks behind me one day and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I am cooking eggs with Luca's fork. And I'm like, yeah, it works great. I'm like, we have tools for that. So that's the example. That's the example. Okay. So I'm going to go with the silliest invention is a folding spatula. Folding yeah. Folding, yeah. A, a flexible spatula. And your best invention is the fork spatula. The, the, the plastic fork. fork. <laughs> the, okay perfect vacation spot oh man um somewhere all-inclusive resort at the beach a hundred percent i love cancun uh i love that side of town um we've been blessed with beaches where i live so like we just take the jeep and go there so some all-inclusive has to have this has to be an option because (laughs) i don't want to worry about anything cruises oh cruises a hundred (laughs) percent coming with you let's go noel let's do it let's do it (laughs) great couple more what is the ugliest vegetable ugliest vegetable (laughs) uh is red is red radish uh a vegetable yeah it's a vegetable yeah oh is that yeah yeah that clearly i don't cook (laughs) (laughs) Um, what is the best advice you've ever received Oh man. Um, so much, but lately I've been working with, with a person that's very special to me and my, my first one-on-one coach really. Um, Hmm. it's been identifying those moments where we feel, um, anxious, stressful, like angry, like this week, for example, to me, it has been a really intense week because my wife, uh, Katie, she's out of town. She's in Italy for a week that, which she a hundred percent deserves, Yeah. but I'm home with the two kids. Uh, <laughs> one is the three-year-old and then the other one is a two-month-old. So it's, wow. uh, it's been pretty intense. So it's recognizing that recognizing the feeling of it, right? Like, how am I feeling? Am I feeling anxious? Am I feeling angry? Am I feeling excited? Like, what is that feeling that we're doing as like, take it in and just place it like maybe grab it. What I do is like, I picture like a little ball, little, little box and I place it outside. Mm-hmm. And then all yeah. of a sudden this, this feeling of not being able to control it goes away because you yeah. see it, you're able to spot it and then you're in a better position to make a decision and be, and be around that. So a very active example right. on that is with the two kids. I'm like, okay, what can I do about it? So I call my mother-in-law uh, emergency. <laughs> because, I mean, the, the production of this podcast is an example because I wasn't aware that was on Monday and uh, well, I was aware, but I, I didn't have it in front of me. And when I realized I had the kids, I'm like, Oh boy. So she's able to help me on Thursday and Friday. And we packed all the execution for Thursday and Friday. 
Awesome. <laughs> That's, so That's perfect. Good. You know, I had a moment like that and, and it was a really, um, effective moment for me. It was last night. I had an incredibly busy day yesterday and, um, we were doing records, we were doing different stuff. And so I actually, and then I have three kids also. So I was putting everybody else before myself and everybody else was fed and everybody else was being put to bed. And my husband's super supportive and he was helping out in every way. And we had an interview that went late into the night. And so, you know, I got on my pajamas, like nine 30, 10 o'clock, made myself a salad, poured myself a glass of wine, went upstairs as I get, go to sit down and watch a show and eat my supper at 10 o'clock at night. I knocked the wine glass off and it spilled all over my, broke the glass, fell all, all mm. over my pajamas. And I was just like, honestly, the message in my head was like, why is my life so hard? Why is right? Like I went from like zero to 60 because I broke this glass at 10 o'clock at night. And all I wanted to do was sit down. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I don't know if this is, um, what I'm supposed to be doing. And I, I did exactly what you're saying. And that's why I wanted to share this story today. Cause I did exactly what you're saying. I was like, get some paper towel. This is not the end of the world. What happened was you spilt a glass and broke it. <laughs> this has nothing to do with your life. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Life is not hard. You're actually extremely blessed. Your husband took care of the kids, put them to bed. You know, you're sitting here with a beautiful salad. All you have to do is go downstairs, pour another glass of wine. And, you know, 10 minutes, it was 10 minutes of my life, but I caught myself thinking yeah. the most negative thoughts. And I thought, wow, I wonder how many other times we all do that to ourselves, right? Yeah. When, when something doesn't go as planned and that's yeah. all it is. It's just, it's just outside of your plan and it's, and it can throw you for a loop, but it doesn't mean that your life is upside down. It means that that situation is a little bit, um, a little bit upside down, but that's, or your, your wine glass is upside down. Um, so <laughs> last, uh, <laughs> my last question for you is what is, uh, your guilty pleasure? Maybe it's uh, <laughs> so many, so many, I am so fat right now because of all of that. So I'm sweet, <laughs> sweet tooth a hundred percent. Um, so Oreos with milk, Yes. I can never, I cannot buy them because I will devour the massive one. Uh, I don't know if you guys have these uh, in in Canada, but like Krispy Kremes, they're like this. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, (laughs) uh, Stop. Uh, Yeah. So anyways, I, so here's one of the things I'm working on. I had this identity in the past, which was professional soccer player, right? Which every decision I made was because that in mind. So Right now, one of the friction points, what I'm struggling with is, is my personal health. Like, how do we get a little bit healthier? How do we do all this, right? So these guilty pleasures feed that monster. So now I'm shifting my mindset because that's where, you know, that's where I'm at at my moment to a top performing CEO. So what is that top performing CEO does? We have to like make decisions. As long as we're conscious about we're making those decisions. So those guilty pleasures, they come, come and go, but there they are. <laughs> so good. I'm on a similar path right now. I, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. What, who do I need to be? How does the, if I'm to be in this position in my life, what are the things that I need to be doing in order to be there? Because it's not going to be like binge watching a show. Not that I'm a big show person, but you know what I mean? Like, what is it for you? Exactly. So it's been an 
honor, a blessing. So much fun, as always. Every time we get on, we laugh so much. I just adore you so much. We wish you so much success in everything that you're doing. No doubt you'll go far. I can't wait to see where this next adventure takes you. Looking forward to connecting to hear more about uh, what we've been seeding already in this episode. And um, yeah, just remember, guys, we're stronger together. We go further faster. Look at your environment. Evaluate those relationships around you. Give yourself permission to lean into the pause and be open to what's next so you don't trip over and miss an opportunity that's really valuable or a conversation that's going to open the next door. We wish you much success, everyone. Thank you again, Louise, for coming. Have a Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Become Revolutionary Show. If you're enjoying what you've heard, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Become Revolutionary Show.